and welcome back to another episode of Cherry Bomb. Today I'm here with my friend Kate. Kate, how are you doing today? Doing good, Batista. Thanks for asking. How are you? Doing fantastic. Another week, another episode. Actually, I'm surprised we're about to make it to eight episodes of the podcast. I didn't think I was going to make it that far. I'm number eight, huh? You're number eight. Cool, cool. Number eight in the podcast, number one in my heart. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. So, what you been up to? How's school going? Just running and doing classes. School's been fine. Doing, yeah, doing all right. It's, it's quite boring, to be honest. But only have a couple more months of it, and then big break for Christmas. That's true. What do you think about like online classes? What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm actually taking a couple in-person classes, one hybrid, and a couple online classes. And I can guarantee you that I hate the online classes compared to my in-person classes. The online ones are just so hard to pay attention to whenever my bed is right there. And I could go to the library, but I'd have to like be in a Zoom call while I'm in the library. And I, I don't want to do that at all. Um, oh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. So just the in-person classes are a lot better. And the online, you have to be so disciplined. Not only that, it's just like, I mean, with me, what happened is recently one of my classes was in person. It was like a hybrid and my teacher just decided to take the in-person out and she's doing full online which sucks because it's english and all she does is just give us assignments which she barely explains and it's kind of like like you said you have to be really disciplined like it's all on your own meanwhile like in person like you actually get to ask questions it's easier to understand and yeah i don't know i feel like a lot of teachers are not used to this and i understand 100 percent that this is new to all of us but i feel like teachers could put like some teachers are not putting enough effort into the online classes they're just doing the minimum oh i completely agree a lot of the times they just put stuff in their files or online and expect you to find it yourself it i always feel like i'm missing an assignment no same here i mean i don't know like if you have anything but my math teacher for example we have in person and online but whenever it's online she just puts the class like the lecture like the video of her doing like what we're supposed to do online and like if she's like if you have any questions email me but like i don't know i feel like i'm, I'm someone that like if i like i need to like ask a question i like rather to like stop like what i'm doing like stay on the question and be like hey what is this rather than watch the whole thing and then ask the question later yeah i completely agree with you on that one asking questions is so tough and I actually feel bad for the teachers on that one because a lot of times in class, like one kid will have a question that he will ask, but really 10 other kids have those questions. So I think when you email a professor a question, they're answering so many others and it really just makes a really difficult situation for, for both ends. Exactly. I mean, like I said, this is just the circumstances that are going on right now. So there's not much we can do about it, but I feel like there could be improvement you know i feel like we need to adapt to it if it's necessary but it needs to be cooperation from both sides and i don't know about you but i feel like uh you, you have a lot of quizzes now and i was talking to my stepdad about this the other day he was saying the generation that's about to come is going to be the worst they're going to be like not prepared at all because it's true you know that you kind of like i mean there's some students that are disciplined but most of the students if they didn't study for the quiz they're not gonna take the L. They're gonna copy. You know, they they had the chance to cheat, so they're gonna cheat. That's very true. I I agree with your stepdad like a hundred percent on that. Um, 
I am pretty much for the online classes because just the safety of the professors and, and teachers, I don't really think they should be risking their, their lives if they have a health condition or something like that or, or their families' lives. But it is really difficult, especially, yeah, I mean, students, they're not, they're not going to take the L on the quiz. They're just going to Google it, and that's not actually learning. Exactly. And I can say this myself. I did this this, this morning. Like, I had a quiz that, like, of a book I didn't know, and then, like, Googled, like, the re- like all the questions in Quizlet, and it's just, you know. Yeah, so it's, it's so easy to do that. Yeah, like, and of course, like, it's my, my bad, you know, it's like my bad on, like, it's bad on me for not like starting for the quiz, but you know, like, what do you expect me to do? Just be a responsible guy and take a zero and let my, my future go down? No, if I have the chance to do, to get, get a good grade, I'm gonna take it. Yeah, I feel the same way. But anyways, that's about enough school. We just wanted to catch up a little bit. Now, I'm gonna ask you some philosophy questions because, you know, I like to think of Kate, of the person who told me this, he was, he told me that he started thinking about stuff like, why is this wall over here? Why is he not on the other side? And, you know, I really love that about Kate. Kate is really good at, like, that type of stuff and, like, putting sense into things. So, you know, we're going to ask some questions. I'm going to answer them as well, just to have a good conversation. All right. So, do you think, do you work to live or live to work? Oof, that, that's a tough one. Um... I'd say under how our economy is, is you're just, you're working to live. Without it, you just, you can't survive. And uh, it's terrible that that's the case, that you have to work to live. Um, you were put on here, not your choice, but sadly, I think it's you work to live. I agree with you 100% on that one. I feel like, it should be live to work, but due to like the way the world is, it is work to live. Yeah. All right. Do you believe in love at first sight? All right, Kate. We're going to get to see the romantic side of you. Love at first sight? I do not think I believe in that. Personally, I've never experienced it. Um, I just think there's a whole lot to someone than their physical appearance. And I don't know. I think the love at first sight, like the notion is like you feel something more than the physical appearance. At the first sight, but I haven't seen it. I haven't had any of my friends see it. But it's an interesting concept. Um, you know, if I experience it, you'll be the first person to know. I will. I will. I feel. I agree with you in that one. I feel. You know, of course, that like the physical appearance is the first thing you know someone notices in someone. But love is more than just like physical attraction. You know, love is like when you actually feel like something for that person. Like it's like a emotional connection. And I feel like you cannot get an emotional connection with somebody you don't know. So it's really, I don't know if, I mean, people like make it seem that love at first sight is like, oh, I saw her and I was in love. And it's like, I don't know if you were in love. I feel like you were just really attracted to her and you really wanted to be with that person. But you were not in love. You were just really attractive. Yeah, I completely agree. I could probably be convinced that love at first interaction is a, is a thing first conversation you have you just hit it right off the bat but yeah i love it first sight i'm gonna go with no on that one people say life is short why do me do so many things you don't like and like so many things you don't do so pretty much like what do you do so many things you don't like and like so what oh 
So why do you do so many things you don't like, but you don't do things you do? Yeah, no, that, that life, life yeah. is pretty short. Um, I think we do the things we don't like, either because we're forced to, like, I'm taking online classes right now, kind of right. forced to be doing that. Um, the things that I do like, traveling, hanging out with friends, it's a... Uh, it costs money. It, it takes time. I think a lot of it is like dedicated to the future, but then you have to to start thinking like, what what's my future? Is it is that something I really want to work towards? Um, but a lot of it, I I guess it's really just like a trap you're you're walking into. That uh, a lot of times I like come to these moments that I understand how precious my life is, and then most of the time I I don't really understand that. That it's like this is my one life, and the mistakes and the uh, decisions I make in this life. I don't get to redo. That's a hundred percent correct, and I feel like people need to understand. And this is something that like people don't really understand, because you know people say like, "Oh, life is short," you know, just do whatever you want. But exactly, life is short. Your decisions have consequences, you know. Like you cannot do something that's gonna affect the rest of your life. So when he says like, "Why do you do so many things you don't like?" So I, th I feel like things you don't like are like obligations and the reason you don't like them is because you're forced to do them like you said but if you don't do those things then you might not you know be well in the future such as if you don't work you're not gonna have money to pay for like things if you don't study you're not gonna have a good like future a good career I mean you can it's just like really like it's limbs like the chances are really low and uh, why do you like so many things you don't do? It's because like you're not used to doing it and you just find it rare, unique. For example, uh, for me, let's say I like, um, I don't know about this. I started liking watching volleyball. I play volleyball, but I'm not amazing. And I like, I like watching volleyball because it's just, I like the, the sport and it's because I started watching an anime that I really like. And the reason I like it is because I never done that. I never like done that in my life, so it's something new. And I'm like, well, this is crazy. And now, like, every moment that I would just watch something, it's like, bro, now I really want to do it, but I can't because you know I'm not as good as the people that do those. So it's really like the way that life is, you know, like whenever you don't have control over what you do or what you don't, sometimes. Yeah, I uh, I really hear you on that. And I I think you should go play volleyball if. If that's what you like, it doesn't really matter if you're good at it or not. No, I mean, but... I play volleyball, but the thing is, like, I cannot do some things that those players can do. Right. Not only be, I mean, I can practice. I just do it for fun. Right. And, like, again, like, th these players just are, like, twice my size. And, of course, like, they're, they're like, they practice that their whole lives. And it's just right. natural, you know. It's, like, whenever you see Donovan Mitchell or Bear Simmons, like, do a dunk, you think, oh, that's amazing. But, I mean... They give, they committed their lives to that sport, and that's why they can dunk. Now, if you, if for example, me being five nine, try to do the things that Double Mitchell does, I'm probably not going to do them, or I'm going to be <laughs> able to do them if I practice enough. But that's commitment. That is commitment. I think going back to the the topic, we we do things we don't like, so maybe in the future we have the freedom, the financial freedom, to do the things that we do like. Yes and no, because I feel like. With all people, you know, all people usually 
are the ones that like get to trouble and do all these things but sometimes you know the age like the you know like your body's old you cannot do like skydiving like you could do when you were 20 you can know there's some things you cannot do just because you're old and you just want to do something that's easier for you and like that's not gonna affect your health if that makes sense yeah i've i've heard it put like there are three stages to your life in three scenarios it's like you're young and you have the energy and the time to do things but you don't have the money and when you're working you have the energy and the money to do things but you don't have the time and when you're old you have the time and the money to do things but you don't have the energy so it's almost like you can never do what you want to do um but some somehow you gotta find like a break in that cycle and and go do what you want to do 100 percent. and i feel like that's something that people need to understand because you know you see a lot of people that thinking oh i need to get money 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 and that's right you know you need money because without money you cannot like be economically like stable however you need to for me right now and i'm working studying and trying to have like a social life and i try to like keep a balance between those three because if i leave one of them overtake the other one then like it's gonna mess up like my whole like cycle and let's say if i worry too much about work and don't give attention to school and my social life first of all i'm gonna be so overwhelmed by work that i'm just gonna be stressed out and i'm gonna feel like grief the gloom and my grades are gonna low are gonna drop because i didn't study for them if i give too much time to the social life i'm not gonna have enough i'm not gonna work enough not enough money and then my grades are gonna drop now if i study enough yes i'm gonna have good grades but my money's gonna be low and i'm not gonna i'm gonna be like lonely because i'm not hanging out with my friends or my girlfriend so it's just really the way that like you need to find a balance otherwise everything's gonna be too uneven and it's gonna be chaotic yeah and that balance isn't that easy to find it's not but if you find it you will know it now next question how do you measure success I would not measure success through how much money you make a year. Um, I would measure success by asking each person if they perceive themselves as successful. Because I know that's not not a super fun answer, but if someone measures success by seeing how many countries they can travel to in a year and they hit 120, then then that's their version of success. Or if you ask someone, man on Wall Street, what his version of success is, and he says gaining like 12% in my portfolio then then that's his success personally I don't know and I think that is a huge issue in my life right now um sometimes I feel successful whenever I like kill a good workout in in track practice other times I feel successful getting a good grade on a test and I guess those are like the only two real things I I feel complete success in doing I know like my father feels success in in seeing his kids succeed um so yeah i think it's different for every person like what what would you say your version of success is i think it's for me is whenever i feel productive in the sense that i like it would be really rare because i don't know where i'll be like all right i just came from work i'm gonna do this podcast and then i'm gonna hang out with my girlfriend so i have like all these things like doing all these things at once and being productive and then i'm also feeling happiness i feel like happiness is the thing that determines means how successful you are because you know you can have a lot of money, but if you're not happy with that money, then was it really worth it? Was yeah, it- I, I completely agree with you. Like when Robin Williams committed suicide, I think 
that's sort of like everyone was a little bit confused. Like, well, he had like all these things. Yeah, but he was he was fighting depression and these mental battles in his head and money can't just just solve that i th- i think you're right it, it's it's happiness definitely the thing that people forget about you know like people like sometimes people describe happiness as like oh like money cannot buy you happiness and some people say well like you need money to survive and that's true you know like a hundred percent like you, you you cannot live without money however Ex- like excessive amount of money does not bring you happiness because uh let's say you can have a humble life and have a stable like job and still be happy but just because you have six cars a lamborghini a rolex and a mansion doesn't mean you're going to be more happy because you see all these millionaires and they have these humongous houses but they don't have anyone to fill those houses with or they probably do but it's kind of like a forced relationship sometimes you know i right. see a lot of gold diggers. right i see a lot of gold diggers and like you know they they just waiting for like that person to drop dead so they can like take the money and live their own lives you know and it's it's kind of sad to think that like someone will commit like some of the years just the way that someone dies to take the money but it's just the way some humans are i guess yeah i hear you what job would you do if you weren't paid what job would i do if i wasn't paid see the like a lot of people have this question like what's your dream job and to me my dream job is not working um i would love like since a child to become an astronaut and just like experience zero gravity um that would be nice and i i still think that's the answer is go be an astronaut I think the thing is, if you, ha- like, they say that if you found the job you like, that you're not going to work a single day of your life ever again. Because it's not going to feel like you're working. So let's say, for example, um, some people take podcasts as a job and they take it serious. I'm doing this for free and I'm doing it because why? Because I like it. It's a hobby. And I I don't think I need to get paid for it. I think it's just... It's nice to have something like a, a nice hobby that I can do that could also like sometimes be like beneficial. But if if I don't get paid, I I'm honestly not that affected by it because at the end of the day, all, all I'm doing is just doing what I like. That is talking to friends about topics that I would like to talk to my friends about. Yeah. I think that's a good point that like the uh, you'll never work a day in your life quote, but there's got to be some days where you just don't feel like going. Like I know my high school coach, Coach Gibson, you had him as a pro, uh, yeah. as a teacher. Um, he loves his job, but I know there are days where it's tough for him. I mean, it's like that with everything, you know. Even being a national, if you think about it, you know, you're just being you're just in space, and one Up day there, you're just, yeah, sure you get low, lonely, and everything like that. Yeah, one day you're just alone. You're like, bro, I really want to just eat taco bell but i can't because i'm on space and then you start getting like upset i mean of course there's like a lot of good i think being in space could be calming but having too much quiet like too much silence could also be like not good for your health because you're just not used to you know we're used to hearing like a lot of things that throw our days and not being able or just hearing complete silence could be peaceful at first but then i guess it could drive you insane sometimes yeah i think you're exactly right what question 
you wish people would ask when they meet you for the first time? Oh. Um. What's your mile time? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yay. Um. <laughs> SAT score. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe um. Maybe like, what do you, what do you enjoy? That's a good question. And what would you, what would be your answer? My answer would be reading, listening to music, and talking to friends. That's a good answer. I'm I'm surprised you didn't say running. Running can be a grind sometimes, and and right now it's a grind. It's a Sometimes it doesn't feel enjoyable. I guess that's sort of what I was talking about a second ago. But I love running. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say I enjoy it at the moment. That's understandable, you know. You're just going through the grind part of running, which could also be kind of like draining, I guess. Right. It uh, it definitely goes in waves. I agree with you. That's what like that's. For every sport, though, you know, like you just have in soccer too. You know, there's gonna be some days that you just like, I don't know, I just don't want to keep like running after the ball, and you know, you just have to because you know, you have to keep practicing so you could do good in games. But my question will be, I think my 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 the question I would like for people to ans to ask me will be. Are you happy? That's a good question they can ask. How would you answer? At the moment, yes. It depends on the day a lot, a lot of times. I feel like people think that happiness is like permanent and surely not. You know, emotions are not permanent. Emotions just constantly keep changing and that's just the way that we human beings are. You know, one day you can feel happy, one day you can feel gloom. But, you know, just the fact that they're... It's not the how are you, it's the are you happy, because you know like a lot of people say how are you, but they don't even like listen to like how, like what are you doing, how are you, and most of people just say oh I'm good, just to just kind of like get that out of the way, but if they say are you happy, that's just like more like a one v one question, you know you just actually like trying to engage in the conversation. I feel like that's really that can really connect you with the person. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I could answer a question like "How are you happy?" to to a stranger, but but to a close friend like you, absolutely. I'd I'd love to be asked that question. Now, what previous dream do you see the meaning, the most meaning in? What previous dream? Oh, before um, what what was like a dream you had before that you also like enjoyed? I'm not sure. Do you want to take this question first? Yeah, uh, I think for me it would be being a vet. I remember think I don't know. I always liked the uh, animals. The only reason I didn't take it is just because I found like whenever like an animal dies, I I think that's like so sad. You know, just and again like I, I had a lot of people saying, well, that's the reason you're a vet to save their lives, but it's not like that simple. You know, doctors don't go over there and be like, okay. No one's gonna die in my watch. No, you know, sometimes you know you cannot prevent. Like sometimes a death is like unavoidable. Uh, uh, Inevitable. Yep, yeah, that's right. Like Thanos said, but uh, 
that's I, that, I think that was a really good dream I had, and I I let it go because I didn't off. There was like one aspect of the job that I didn't like, and I think that you just have to look at every aspect and say, do you like every aspect? And for for me right now, journalism, I like every aspect of the job. Yeah, I uh, I think that's good. And the meaning you probably got behind that was like, you, you can't save everyone, exactly. no matter how hard you try. Exactly. My dream would probably be wanting to become a pro runner. And I, I know that's not reasonable now, but when I had that dream, it was, it was more just sort of like anyone can do it. Um, you just grind to the top. And that's not true. You have to have tons and tons of talent. Like you were mentioning earlier about Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons and, and volleyball yeah. players. Um, but what I think I got from that was your hard work can beat talent because that's the way it works. If someone else is more talented than you and they don't work hard, if Dylan is more talented than me in running and I work way harder than him, then I'm not saying that's the case, but <laughs> then I'm going to be faster. I'm going to get better results. And I think that can be applied to anything in life. So if you're talented, then you better be working hard. And if you're not talented, you, you still got to be working hard. I agree with you in that, you know, just work hard. Now, if you restarted your life from scratch, would you end up in the same place? Hmm. I don't think I would have done high school any differently. But maybe for college, I would have liked to to go and visit a few more places just to just to see what I truly loved or or didn't like. Um, I like Baylor a lot. But Waco, where Baylor's located, it's kind of a boring place. The weather's not all that great. And whenever I traveled to California this summer to go see a couple friends, the weather there, even in in July, was just so great on the coast. And so, yeah, I think the only thing I would do differently is go see different colleges and maybe maybe make a different choice based on that, but maybe not. I think the only thing I would change is my... I think it would be my approach towards like relationships sometimes, like not get that engaged at first. I'm not saying right now, like I'm happy, but in my like past cases, sometimes, you know, like I looked at, there was especially senior year, senior year, I looked at like the word love as something that I really desperately wanted. And then I realized it's just not something, it's, Love is not something you like. You're supposed to look for. Love is something that you just naturally find. And if I would have known that before, I feel like I could have had more fun my senior year rather than uh, being like uh, bummed out or sad over things that really had no meaning. Yeah, I now, think you you articulated your feelings really well right there. I mean, yeah, the thing is, like, once you go through those feelings and you actually, like, like know what happened and think about it, you're like, all right, maybe I could handle things differently. And again, I feel like there's many times in people's lives that people want to, like, change a decision. But, you know, like, I think, like, the, it's, uh, the, I've seen a lot of, like, movies, games, books 
that like you know they change something from the past and the future is completely different and i'm not sure if i want to completely change my future like that you know like i feel like even though like i went through like a lot of like ups and downs in life i feel like i'm happy where i am right now and i don't think changing anything will be beneficial yeah it's it's interesting you say that um i'm a big believer in the butterfly effect how yeah one tiny thing can can change a ginormous thing and i know like there were a few conversations in high school that i had that that really changed my outlook on a few things and i probably wouldn't be the same person i am today without those simple conversations i personally agree with that the butterfly effect is definitely like one of the most it's really interesting because you know, like time travel is not consi- like it hasn't been proved real, but I feel like if you if it is like real in the future, if people really look in the butterfly effect, maybe like people would like take an approach to like time traveling completely different. Now, yeah. the, the next question will be. How can a single moment have the power to change everything? And that's really, really, I was thinking about this the other day because the other day, um, one of my coworkers, he got fired. And I was just thinking like, wow, one day can change my life forever because that person is no longer going to be around at the job. And that means that the days I add, like my work is going to be completely different. And... It's really like insane how like a single moment has that much power. Yeah, I think you're exactly right how one single moment it it does have that much power and I think uh like I think of our lives as part of that. Um you can look at your phone while you're driving and one minute you're one minute not one second you're on the road just fine, you take a glance down and you hit a guardrail or you went off the road or and it could end up just like like you swerve back on the road or you lose control in that moment and and everything ends and that affects way more than just oh you were there and now you're not um but that affects your families that affects any girlfriends or boyfriends you had at the time friends um it's just that that small action that could be as simple as looking down at your cell phone while driving um or driving under the influence or or taking a drug that you have a bad reaction to um that just changes everything not even that it could be also like a comment you know a word just saying something that could be really hurtful can really like end your relationship or friendship with someone i completely agree with that it's like you you spend years building up a relationship of trust and you or your significant other can make a a bad decision didn't didn't even mean to make that decision really um yeah it just ruins everything now does the truth exist or is it all subjective oof i just read a read a transcript or watched a ted talk video for my english class and it said like we all have our own truth um like the world is very objective things are measured the earth spins around the sun at a rate of like 365.25 days per revolution. Um, But I think everyone does have their own truth. Um, 
I think a really, really relevant case right now is the Breonna Taylor situation. And what happened is cops entered her home without um, saying that they were the cops. So her boyfriend gets out of bed and shoots at the people because from his perspective, they're intruders. He legally owned the gun and he legally is defending himself from the intruders in the night. And the cops light it up, shoot tons of bullets, end up killing Breonna Taylor. They do an awful job of handling the situation. They don't even list her death in their incident report or anything like that. Um, really sad they're situation. Trying, they're trying to like cover it up. They're, they're trying to cover it up. That's exactly right. Um, and we may never know what truly happened. Um, the cops say that they identified themselves as the police, but they had a no-knock warrant, so... I don't believe that. Um, but everyone has their own truth. Maybe they did identify themselves and the boyfriend still like didn't hear them or was asleep. Um, so maybe both things happened. I just, I do think everyone has their own truth. I agree with that. You know, like, I feel like everyone has their own, like, also with truth. I could think everyone has, like, knows their own truth as on themselves. Because, you know, like, I feel... Some people are really good at, like, you know, being themselves. But I feel like we don't show 100% who we really are. You know, there's a part of us that we just keep hidden. And we don't show that part. So that's what I mean by truth. Like, the truth that's that's who you really are. And sometimes, you know, like, there's a lot of people who just put, like, another, like, person. And they try to be, like, super nice, polite, really easy to like. But they don't really show who they're inside. And I feel like a hundred, like a, a lot of people do that, and they only show their their true selves against like really close people. So I really think that the truth does exist. Yeah, yeah. I I think you're right. Let's see. Do you think that math was created or discovered? Oh, I like this question. I think math was discovered. I uh. Obviously, the symbols, the uh, how we write the number eight, how we write the number ten, that was discovered, or that was rather created. But math, if you take three things and another five things and you put them together, you have eight. That's just simple addition. But then right. it goes farther to triangles with cosine, trigonometry and such, but then all the way to integrals and, and rates of change. And I truly think that was discovered because there are so many real-world applications of it. Um, my brother's a pilot, and a lot of times his like his rate of airspeed or how many feet he's like gaining in elevation is a derivative of, of a different number. So personally, I think that it was discovered. That's a good point. I mean, I, I don't know that much about math, to be honest. So I'm just going to take your word for it. I just thought that you really would definitely have an answer for this one. <laughs> Now, is fate a real thing? Yeah, that's a question I struggle with a lot. I ask myself about predestination. Is is all this just like a simulation that I'm living of someone else's accord or someone else's conscious that, like, is the thought that I just had already planned? Before we we move on, do you think that uh, life is a simulation or not? It's so tough to say. I, uh, it's a good question because everyone has their own like uh, output on it. I don't know. I I really don't want to believe 
that it is a simulation. That's true. I mean, it's it's a really like deep thing to think about. If like if you put all the things together, you kind of like thinking, all right, like if this is a simulation, then that means that none of this is real, and that like in reality, like all these things are just not what they really mean. You know, like all these things, all these emotions, I'm feeling like it was meant to be. You know, like it's not that. I earned it. It's just that the simulation just was like, all right, let's make him think that he did get it, but he's gonna get it at the end. Yeah, I, I just, I don't think we'll ever know, which is a whole, oh, yeah. whole mess in itself. And like, if you think about it, like, no one really knows or is gonna know their true meaning of life until you don't no longer have it, and maybe even then you don't know it. That's the thing. Like the afterlife. Do you think? What do you think happens after you die? Truthfully, I hope you just die and and that's that. Your life is over. There is no afterlife. Um, I believe in reincarnation. I think that reincarnation is a really cool concept because it shows that uh, that you just have another life to live in. You know, maybe not as a person. It could be as a tree. It could be as uh, an animal. It could be as anything, like a virus, anything. You know, like... And I feel that's really interesting, you know, just the fact that you could be a human in one life and then you could be a simple bacteria in the next one. Or you could be a bacteria in the last, in the last life and now you're a whole human that can do different things, such as think, eat, like feel emotions and all this, which is kind of like, I don't know, for me it brings me happiness, the fact that you can think that your other life could not be as interesting as this one it is. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting way to think about it. And Kate, last question before we head over: What is your mile time? <laughs> My mile time is two seconds faster than Dylan Hawes at coming in at a time of four seventeen. You heard that, guys? That's my boy, Kate Hewlett. Give it up. Thank you very much, Kate, for being here. Thank you, Bautista, for having me. I, I enjoyed those questions. It's a... I enjoyed them, too. You know, like, I knew you were going to be the right person to ask them because, you know, you're really good at thinking and finding answers. All right. Thank you. This has been the podcast, Cherbon. Thank you guys for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>